Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, but how? Let's start by this. The promise is always greater than the problem. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. God is faithful. He does not forget his promises. However, the promises of God often involve a process. The promise doesn't always come with an address or a how or a list of instructions, but it involves a lot of trust and faith, a lot of praying, pray, step, pray, step, a lot of obedience, a lot of availability and obedience. And, you know, sometimes in the process, the windows may break in the waiting, in the process. Let's just talk about that. How the devil will break a window on the way out when he knows he is defeated, when he knows that that is no longer something that is a stronghold in our life. There might be a broken window. There might be something that tries to get us to doubt or some kind of last minute attempt to get us stuck where we don't need to be. I have found that almost every single time I'm about to step into a blessing or someone else's or breakthrough is about to happen, a window will break. And I'm not talking about the real windows. I'm talking about all those windows that you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Recently, that was something that happened here with, we had been praising God. We are always praising God. We had been celebrating and rejoicing in that the food allergies in our family really have started to decrease. There's less and the children, like you know, my son had several, more than several, (laughs) about 20 And my daughter had a few and just, they were being eliminated from our lives. And we've been praying for this and we've been praying every day for years. And so seeing this has been something we have been celebrating, praising God for giving him all the glory. And the kids had wanted to make a trail mix and we put some walnuts in a whole bunch of different mixture of stuff that they made. It was a fun activity, like make your own trail mix. And all of a sudden my daughter started to have a reaction and it wasn't a major reaction, praise God. You know, I'm not even going to label reactions. We were cautious and she's had walnuts before. So it was just something new added to the mix. And I remember in that moment, we had just been celebrating my son being able to have baked egg and my daughter um, being able to possibly try sesame with the allergist and all these things that were really showing that the children's bodies were being able to have these foods. And all of a sudden this happened. And I remember praying to God and asking him, did I overlook something? How did I I not know about this? All these emotions started to come in. 
I started to get upset, frustrated, confused, upset with myself for not keeping them in her diet as much as I thought I should have. And I started to really get caught in the emotions and I caught myself with the R's. Recognize, reflect with God, reject what's not good. That's in the reflection with God, right? And replace it with God's word. And so I just kept hearing on my heart, God, you are still good. And I kept just declaring it, God, you are still good. I don't understand it, but you have perfect plans. And this is hard. I don't get it. We don't get it, but we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep rejoicing. We're going to keep praising your name because we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. We can stand in the gap for others, too, who are walking through hard times. We can be the prayers. We can use our intercessions to pray for them. We can pray for others. We can pray for our spouses, our friends, our family, our kids. We can show them what it's like when those moments come where we have been praying for something. We are standing on God's promises, and then windows break where we don't understand what is going on. But we know God is good and we can stand in the gap for those people. We can turn to God in those moments for ourselves, for him to fill us. We can pray. We can bring our questions to God when we face the problems because many times they are unfair. They seem unfair. We can talk to God about them. We can bring any question to him. We can listen. We should listen to see what he's going to, if he's going to give us any information, anything that we need to hear, we need to pray and step and listen and make sure We lean into the Holy Spirit to provide what we need. God never promised to do it our way, but his ways are best. He knows our hearts and he knows the desires of our hearts. He knows the motivation. He can guide our hearts to be aligned with his when they're not. Even if we're blinded by it, we can turn to him. And so Let's go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 5, where it says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. They set off for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. In this passage, when I read this, I just think about how the problem or the problems we face and the promise are often conflicting. For example, in this passage, Abram was not only 75 years old at the time, but his wife was also barren and could not have kids. For we live by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He showed obedience before seeing. We are often called to obedience before we see. The promise is always greater than the problem. Our sight will fail us and make us doubt. However, God's promises are true. Hold on to his promises. Through it all, our priorities must stay focused on the Lord. We are not meant to do in our own strength, or we are not meant to try to figure it out on our own. We will make a mess of things that way. We cannot do more than God. We can't do it without God. We can, but it's not going to turn out well. Taking matters into our own hands can only cause more issues. Abram did that in the waiting for the promise when he tried to find a way to have a child, and it involved sleeping with Hagar. 
who was not his wife. He made a mess in his impatience and tried to handle it on his own. Still, God is a redeemer. He is redeemer. He forgives and he is faithful. Despite her age, his wife, Sarah, eventually had Isaac. Abram's journey didn't end there. He called him to a radical faith. We need to be anchored in God's word so when those moments come, even if we mess up, we walk in bold obedience to the Lord, that we turn back, we repent from what was wrong, and we turn back to him who is right, who is good. It may seem crazy and narrow to the world when there are prompts that we receive, promises that are aligned with God. We need to stay focused on those and on him. They are blessings. He knows what he is doing. Often people won't understand it. We may not understand it fully ourselves, but our understanding is not needed when the Lord is in control. And when we are called, God's promises are true. He is faithful. Let's be faithful to his prompts through. So I'm going to do a quick little Art of Messy House reflection. Pray today. Let's pray before we problem solve. What issues are in front of you today? What issues are in front of me Let's put it before God. What promises has he put on your heart? What does he promise in his word? Go back to his word. Remember the promises of the heart will never go against God's word. Nothing will go against God's word. Nothing that is true and from God will go against God's word. Pray for what steps God wants you to take. Then talk to God through the waiting. Waiting is not easy, but it is worth it. Let's not make a mess trying to push things faster than the Lord will have them going. We can learn from this passage in Genesis 12 to wait, to be joyful in the waiting. It builds our character, faith, trust, and so much more as we learn to lean into God's faithful character. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise you up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And there's more you can read on that in Genesis chapter 12. Dear God, you are faithful to your promises. Forgive me when I try to take matters into my own hands to speed along the process. I trust your process. I trust your plan. I want everything you have for me. Come Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Speak to my mind today. Give me wisdom on the steps I need to take and the strength and self-control to wait when I need to wait. Wait for what you call me to do, but to be faithful in here and now in what you call me to do as I wait. May I become better in the waiting, not bitter. Build us in bold obedience and faith. What you promise will come to be. Let's turn our focus to you. Let's turn it away from anything that's on selfish ambition or anything that's not you. Our confidence is in you, Lord. Help us do what you have called us to do. Help us finish what we started, what you are calling us to do. What are you calling us to do today? Lead me, lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. God's promises are true. He is faithful. Let's be faithful to his prompts, though, too. And so that brings me back to that scripture in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, where it says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. So while we're on this topic of promises, it leads me to it leads me to this. It was just placed in my heart to share meeting the promise and the statement of finish what you started. 
God, what are you calling us to do? It takes me back to Acts chapter 20, verse 24, where it says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. In this verse, Paul is teaching us that he counts his life as nothing except to finish the mission God has given him. Can we say that? Can I say that? What calling has God put on your life, on my life, on our lives? What can we do today to obey God's call? It is effortless to say we will do something. And if you are a planner at heart like me, it is easy to plan to do something. Sometimes it is even easy to start the task. However, sticking with it and finishing it is where the challenge often comes. I think of a thousand piece puzzles, which I love doing. I don't know about you, but I love doing them and how there's like a process of how I do it. First, I separate all the outside pieces and find the outside and put that put together all the outside pieces. Then I organize them, the insides by shades and colors and just different parts where I think that they will be. And I put them all around my table. And so while I jump in right away at the start, as the days pass, I often find it difficult to find time to finish it. Therefore, in our house, puzzles may make their home on our dining room table for months before I either finish it or I put them all back in the box. You may say, that's just a puzzle. And you're right, that's just a puzzle. But what about the greater tasks that are put before us by God? Do we find ourselves making time for them or following life's distractions instead? Now, I know it's just a puzzle, but it just makes me think about what it is that I need to be doing and what I am distracted by. Where is my focus? So when we talk about what we will do or what we are doing, it does not make it happen. Instead, we must follow through with Christ first and follow through brings us closer to the blessing. The rewards come to those who stay committed in faith and walk in obedience to what the Lord has called them to do. Think about Noah building the ark and how it saved his life as well as his family's. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. When we finish the plans that God placed on our hearts, we meet the promises too. It takes growing and walking with the spiritual mind as well as perseverance, but it is also so worth it all, the whole process, the waiting included, all for God's glory. I have a little poem here. Maybe I'll say it. I wasn't going to. I was going to skip over it, but I am just prompted to share. I love you in the morning and through the noon, through the days and through the night. I ask you to give me the wisdom. I ask you to give me the light to know what to do, to know where to go. I pray you empower us to not just start, but to finish so that your promises I know. I want to be used by you. I want to be here and obey. I want to not only start, but I want to finish it all today and every day. So more people know faith so that more people learn to know you too. I must finish what I started, and I pray it all points to you. And so that brings me to another reflection. I guess we'll have a lot of challenges today in the Art of a Messy House. Reflection number two is, what has God placed into your heart? What plans have you started and left unfinished? Are there any Are there any seeds of things that God has placed, maybe even when you were younger, just that haven't gone away? Pray today for wisdom 
obedience, the courage for obedience, courage to go back and complete those God-given plans, or to even start. For the days can be full of so many opportunities or so many excuses. We decide. We decide our focus. And so let's use a, a little acronym. The ELA teacher in me loves this. And so I call it a little acronym, but depending on how we view it, right? Let's not put labels. It's for focus. It's about fixing our focus. And we're going to start with how do we do that? How do we fix our focus on God's promises? What can we do to stand on God's promises? We can focus on him. So we're going to take the letters F-O-C-U-S and what they stand for as a way to remember. So the F is going to stand for fix our focus from what is happening to our God. Focus on God's sovereignty and authority instead. No matter how I feel or how it looks, God is in control. Turn to God's word. Read his word each day. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. So that's the F in focus. Then we go into O. Open our hands and lift them up. Sometimes a feeling can make us want to hold it in or to explode. Let's unclench our fists and ask God to soften our hearts to hear what he is prompting us to do and praise him through it all for he is good. Nehemiah 6, 9, they were all trying to frighten us thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed, but I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. C in focus, the C in focus is Communicate with God first and always. Pray. Turn the moment, the worry, the annoyance, the anger, the broken window into a prayer and a conversation with God. God, help me. I don't understand this, but you are peace. How am I supposed to respond or not respond? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus. You, the you in focus, use it to grow. Trust God. He uses situations to help us grow, to help remove what is not good and make room for what is. Pruning. We'll talk about pruning eventually. Ask God, what are you teaching me? Help me to receive the lesson. Make the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. And the S in focus is slow down to reflect. Why do I feel this way? What can I do going forward? What is the root of why I react or why I'm tempted? Why I'm not doing this? Why I have left this undone and unfinished? The peace of God flows from our hearts and that's such a beautiful truth. Therefore, if it's not peace, flowing from it, there may be a heart check in order. And that's okay because remember, we're not perfect. We are human. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Isaiah 26 verse 3, remember you are loved. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. That actually had me thinking in Hebrews six, that would be something really good to read too. Just going to read the verses nine through 12, where it says, even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. 
God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. I'm going to start closing. You know me, it might take a little while. I don't throw around the word promise very loosely. I do believe that when we make promises, we should keep them. So I'm going to try to close this up right now. We need to remember this. No matter what we are walking through, no matter what problems are before us, sometimes there may be 99 problems before us. There is a promise. There is one true promise keeper, God. He always keeps his promises. When sin grabbed a hold of Adam and Eve, we start to learn of God's promises to them and their descendants. It was the promise of redemption and his unfailing, endless, everlasting love that endures forever. He showers us with promises because of the unfailing, everlasting, amazing love for us. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Galatians chapter four, verse seven. He is a promise keeper. He is a promise maker. He is a promise keeper. Think about that. I mean, I could list so many here and go on for a while, but I wouldn't be keeping my promise to wrap this up soon. But let me give a few examples. Going back to Exodus chapter nine, verse 16, where it says, but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God told Moses here to say this to the Pharaoh years and years ago. And still, I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all of earth. He was making promises. He made promises to Moses. He still makes promises to us today. So my God put it on my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return. This is what I found written there. That last scripture I just said was Nehemiah in chapter 7, verse 5, where it said, So my God put it into my heart. And so when we read this scripture or any scripture, when we're reading the Bible and God's word, it is active and it's alive and it God speaks to us through it. And so much like here, Nehemiah is saying, God put it into my heart and he gave him what to do, right? A task to do. And this scripture and the story of Nehemiah is one that inspired the story of the art of a messy house. Because when I was reading this back years ago during a time of fasting, the words place this idea in my heart rang so loudly on my heart. And it just leads me to this question. Is it selfish to go after God-given dreams? Because I think sometimes the enemy will make us think that. God-given dreams, no. No, it is about our hearts and the motivation behind it. Is our motivation to lift ourselves up or to walk obediently seeking after God's heart? Is it to lift up our name or his name? Do we believe in God's promises? And it brings me back to that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, where it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Let's turn back to that initial question that I started this episode with. But how, God? There's so many problems before me, and you have these promises. But how, God? Let's change that. 
let's change those three words by reordering those words. It's okay to ask the questions like how, but may we follow it with, but God. How, but God. God is faithful to his promises. It is all throughout the Bible. The Bible is filled with examples of such and people who he made promises to and who he was faithful to. Our obedience matters. Our availability matters. Let's pray and step. God is faithful to his promises. Yes and amen. I pray that we are faithful and persevere in our walks with him. Dear God, you create plans. These plans are perfect. They fit into our lives. Forgive us when we twist them into our own liking. Forgive us when we do not finish them or we walk in excuses instead of the opportunities that are before us. I pray to live a life that has no regrets. I pray to walk with the Holy Spirit and to complete all that you have placed on my heart and to dwell in your goodness and to give you praise for all that you have done and all that you will do and just all that you are. You have designed our lives for purpose. Give us the courage to walk in it. Give us the wisdom to know where to step and when not to, and empower us to obey, to boldly and bravely complete all that you have given us to do. May we say yes and amen in agreement with all of your promises. May we trust you and know with full anticipation of who you are and what you can do, what you will do. What do you want us to do right here and right now? May we praise your name always and give you all the praise for all of it. For you are a promise maker and a promise keeper. And so may eyes turn to you instead of our problems. May we turn our focus and eyes to you because you, you truly are the goodness in this life and all around. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you will follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.